Hello and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing what's going on currently in the US equity markets. I'm Andy Craig, co-head of the Investment Insights Center, and this week I'm joined by Jeff Daly, Deputy Head of US Equities. Welcome, Jeff, and thanks for joining me. Thank you. Happy to be here, Andy. Now, listen, we have quite a lot to talk about. The last weekend in April saw First Republic Bank become the third bank to be taken over by US regulators in the past two months, with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC, brokering a takeover by JP Morgan. Can you give us an update, please, on the health of the banking system, the US banking system, of course, since the mid-March failure of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank? Sure. We're now at the tail end of first quarter earnings for banks. So we have some fresh data on the extent of the deposit contagion that was experienced in mid-March. And with the exception of select names that we've heard about in the headlines, banks demonstrated pretty resilient deposit trends. The median deposit decline for banks in the U.S. was a manageable one and a half percent. And the decline that we saw for most banks was primarily a function of higher interest rates and quantitative tightening, not widespread deposit panic. Of course, there were a few select banks that had greater than uh, 10% deposit outflows. And again, we've read about them in the news. One of the largest outliers was First Republic. It experienced a 40% decline in deposits and was ultimately acquired by JP Morgan in an FDIC-assisted deal earlier this week, as you noted. Importantly, all First Republic depositors were backed by the strength of JP Morgan. We think this is good for the stability of the banking system to have that resolved. There are also a couple of other mid-sized banks in the top 100 that experienced material deposit outflows. Despite improving trends for these banks in the quarter end, these banks have created additional angst and volatility in the regional bank space given speculation as to their ability to weather this current environment. While we don't have specific views on, on these select banks, it's still feasible another regional bank or two is taken into receivership by the FDIC. But in our view, if this were to occur, it would be a much smaller bank than First Republic, and it would be very manageable for the banking system to absorb. It's also worth highlighting that all three banks that have failed so far, the few banks that are in the headlines, are unique among regional banks. They had high levels of uninsured deposits, they had customer concentration issues, and in a couple of the instances, they had poor asset liability management. The vast majority of U.S. banks have had much more diversified deposit bases. They have a lower level of uninsured deposits and better asset liability management processes. So it's not a widespread issue within regional banks. Certainly, while there was general deposit stability across the banking system this quarter, funding costs accelerated. So the cost of funding for banks increased, and we expect that to continue until the Fed pauses. So that's an incremental headwind. We also expect deposits to continue to migrate out of the banking system, given the impacts of quantitative tightening. But we expect this to be at a very manageable rate. And these are trends that have been in place for some time. On the credit fund, credit quality for banks has been exceptionally strong. Both net charge-offs and non-performing loans have been at very low levels, and first quarter results continued this trend of benign credit quality. Clearly, as we look forward, higher interest rates, credit tightening, and, and some softening of the economic fundamentals will ultimately lead to higher credit costs for the industry. Commercial real estate and office commercial real estate in particular are areas of focus as higher rates and deteriorating fundamentals within the office space 
are creating some pressure. So it's worth paying close attention to how these segments of the market play out. But any credit deterioration will occur over an extended time frame, in our view. And the banks are clearly starting from very benign levels and in solid shape. So overall, vast majority of the banking system in solid shape, but clearly their watch areas were paying close attention on the credit side as well as on the deposit side. And just sort of taking a step back, what do you see as the implications for the banking sector and for the broader U.S. equity market as a result of the turbulence that we've seen over the last six weeks, two months? I think, first off, we'll definitely see enhanced regulation for U.S. banks. Regulators are in the process of forming more stringent requirements. It's likely that regulations will focus on enhanced liquidity, higher capital ratios, and more intense stress testing. The regulations will likely focus on that subset of banks below the largest four, given those four money center banks already have the most stringent regulatory requirements. So you'll see those banks between 100 billion and and 700 billion in assets face a more difficult regulatory roadmap ahead. We do think these new requirements will be phased in over a considerable period of time, likely years, so they'll allow the banks to gradually adjust to these new requirements. Clearly, the intent of regulators is to strengthen the system, not destabilize it. So we do not anticipate any forced capital raises and a smooth transition for these banks under new requirements to let them grow organically into higher capital ratios. It's also feasible we see some incremental regulatory requirements for smaller banks. Regulators really don't want to unduly burden the community bank system in the United States, given they're so vital to local communities. And I think regulators also don't see the smaller banks as systemic risks to the system. So longer term, clearly this will have an incrementally negative effect on profitability for regional banks, but it's worth pointing out that they're starting from a very high level of returns. Another result of the turmoil march is is banks are clearly going to increase their on-balance sheet liquidity to some degree, so they'll have more cash on their balance sheets, which will impact their ability to earn spread income and weigh on their net interest income growth. And I think banks will also preserve capital and tighten loan growth expectations, so be lending less. So that's going to be two incremental headwinds to earnings growth for the group. But there's also an impact on the broader economy. As banks preserve this capital and tighten their underwriting, they're going to be more discerning with lending. So corporations, consumers, real estate investors, they're going to have incrementally less access to capital to be able to grow or invest their businesses. So there's that knock-on effect on the economy that'll slow to a degree. I guess conversely, from perhaps on the positive side, From the Fed's perspective, this helps them accomplish their goals a little faster than anticipated. So banks reining in their lending helps the Fed fight inflation. Jerome Powell, chair of the Fed, referenced the impact of bank tightening in his remarks yesterday in his talking points. So we're likely to see a pause a little sooner than the Fed anticipated, which we think would be overall positive for the market. Thank you. Now, talking about the market, we're obviously in the middle of the earnings season for the first quarter. So if we turn away and look at the broader market, how do you see the earnings trends? How do they look at this stage in the reporting cycle? It's been a very volatile reporting season. Company-specific drivers generating sharp moves either way in stocks this quarter. Earnings misses are being punished, and large earnings beats are needed for stocks to be rewarded. In terms of general trends, we're seeing signs of softness in certain verticals with tighter financial conditions being cited, but we're also seeing signs of bottoming in certain industries that entered the down cycle a little bit earlier, perhaps. 
And of course, there are some areas of resiliency as well. So I'll, I'll give some examples, some varied outlooks by industries that show this dichotomy. Within semiconductors, the inventory correction that was experienced in PCs and smartphones is bottoming out. This is a segment that demonstrated weakness early in the cycle and appears to be inflecting positively into the back half of the year. So that's positive. Also within semiconductors, the automotive sector has been very resilient throughout and remains so. While the semiconductors used for data centers, there's still considerable debate here on the mixed outlook on cloud spending. Cloud spend did decelerate in the first quarter, but remains pretty robust with the big three reporting 20% growth. I think we see some light at the end of the tunnel here for cloud spend. New workloads are starting. Artificial intelligence is a emerging key driver going forward and comps get progressively easier. So select tech verticals that have been decelerating for some time now are approaching a potential inflection point in the back half of the year. Within healthcare, we're seeing some positive trends within the medical technology group. Trends really remain intact there. What we're seeing is elective procedural volumes improving as staffing improves, so their capacity is increasing. So that's a positive. And then on the other hand, we have industries like life science tools that are dependent on biotech and biopharma spending. They're seeing some softness because of the tightening conditions in lending and the access to capital for some of these biotechnology companies. Industrials is another space with a mixed picture. Capital goods companies have generated really solid revenues and margins. This quarter, supply chains have opened up and firms were able to ship finished product. They generally gave positive outlooks into the back half. Not all these results were within capital goods were met with positive stock reactions. However, the market's a little skeptical of the economic outlook into the second half. And the construction front, on that non-residential construction side, markets have held up very well. Companies citing mega projects and stimulus, strong backlogs as reasons for confidence. This public sector strength is really offsetting some of the softness we've seen in the private sector that's been weighed down by a little bit less lending availability by banks. The U.S. freight market is one area demonstrating some softness. Shipments for truckers were down 8% this quarter, and rail traffic is down as well. And this aligns with some softness we've seen in some consumer end markets this quarter as well. So clearly, overall, dynamic market. We've seen some mixed signals, some industries softening, some inflecting. But overall, we think it's a great time to be a stock picker, and we're looking forward to it. Jeff, thank you. That's a very comprehensive review. Thank you for joining me this week. Of course, yeah. Happy to be here, and thanks for the time. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. If you like Talking Heads, please leave us a positive review and a nice rating. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Andy Craig, and Jeff Daly. Please do join us next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.